Okay, Nesiva Shalom Parshas Truma. So this is, uh, I've picked the short piece. I'm, I'm trying to pick the shorter pieces where they work. So it makes it a little bit easier for us to finish it and see a whole uh, evolve, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Rebbe's uh, approach to one whole idea. So what he's really talking about here is on the Pasuk of the Asuli Mikdash V'Shachanti B'Saycham in the parasha, which is Hashem says that you should make a Mikdash and I will rest within them. Besocham means within them. If, you were, if Hashem was referring to the Mishkan, it should have said, V'shachanti besocho, I'll rest within it. And all the Mepharshim point this out, and we, we, Chazal Darshan, that every, every single Jew is supposed to make a place for Hashem's presence to rest within themselves. That's, and the, now somehow, because it's taught in the context of the Mishkan, the Mishkan helps us. The Mishkan, the Beis Hamikdash, helps us do that. So the Rebbe has this, uh, this thought over here. There's a, just one or two other background points. There's a concept that's brought down in a lot of the Svarim, the Kabbalah Svarim, Chassidish Svarim, that everything in the world, anything that happens, any story, any, any event, requires three things. There needs to be a person, the, the person who it's happening to, there needs to be a place where it happens, and there needs to be a time. There needs to be a time that it happens, right? So if you if you if you were to take any if you take any story that's ever been told in the history of the world, it includes those three elements. There's a who, right? There's a there's a there's a where and there's a when. Now when we when we talk in in, in when we talk in terms of of hashkafa, so where does that all culminate? Where do we where's the pinnacle of that of that? Uh, we see those three things come together in the most magnificent way is we have Yom Kippur or Ni'ilah, which is the greatest time of the year. The place is the Kodesh HaKadoshim and the person would be the Kohen Gadol. You have the, the pinnacle of the, three, of the three things, the person, the place, and the, and the time, right? Yeah. I just had to interrupt you telling you that it, there was nothing on the news oh. <laughs> except that the guy who shot in the church... He was uh, a man turned woman. <laughs> will be recorded, so I don't who know if you had on his gun free Palestine. Oh, nice. Okay, that's we, we were discussing downstairs a few minutes ago that uh, two hostages were freed in a place where the whole world is talking about it all the time, and nobody, none of the regular news agencies picked it up, and we were we were offering uh, theories for that. Anyway, okay, so so in the concept of. A person, place, and time. That's what the Rebbe is going to talk to us about. What this mikdash is, and and what what how this relates to us. To us, not just uh, we don't have a base of mikdash today. Unfortunately, it should be re- speedily rebuilt in our days. But uh, how do we how do we relate to this? He says, "Hine inyan base hamikdash haya bebechinas hakusta dechiusa vaneshamah shakalabria." That the base hamikdash was the point of life and the soul of creation. It was the soul of all of the world, right? We know that that's the center point. We know, I, we know, we know that the world is round, so there is no real center point, but that the Beis Hamidosh is the center point, the focus of all of creation. Now, when we think of this world, this world is a place of base urges. It's a place of low, low things. It's a place of... Downfalls of things that that are that are low. It's not it's not the it's it's not the prettiest picture. You look at the news; it's not always the prettiest picture. So what Hashem did was to counterbalance that. Hashem brought down a light from on high, from the higher worlds, to lift up all of Klal Yisrael. 
And the base of English also extends to the whole world. We know that the base of English was uh, brought bracha to not only to Jews. It wasn't limited only to Jews. Avoidus base of English amigdash. So the avoida that happened in the base of amigdash. Right, the service, the, the work that was done there, the carbonos that were brought there, and all of the utensils of the Mikdash, it instills, it, it uh, embeds purity and light in all of Klal to give them the strength to withstand, to stand strong against all of the, all of the negative influences of the world. In the midst of all of the darkness in this world. And by doing that, okay, well, he'll explain how, but by doing that, doing that, we can, we can, we can fulfill this pasuk of create a Migdash and I will rest within you. I will reside within you. Within each and every Jew. The Beis Hamikdash would be would 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 purify every Jew, so that there could be a place for the Shechina to rest within there. And we see it even just on a on a very superficial level. When a person, the times of the Beis Hamikdash, when a person sinned, they would bring a carbon to the Beis Hamikdash, and they would they would achieve atonement by doing that. They would that would be part of the tshuva process. They would they would go to the Beis Hamikdash. So he says, the Rebbe goes on. I've talked about this earlier. He says. Says, this idea that light comes down to give us strength to, to endure this dark world. So when we refer to this, when we refer to what I was talking about before, place, time, and soul, it's, it's in, in the language of Chazal, in the language of the Svarmak it is Oilam, which is the place in the world, Nefesh, Shana is the time of the year, and Nefesh is the soul. So he says, So when it comes to place, the place that this light comes through to us is the Beis HaMikdash. That's the place where Hashem brings this light to the world. Right? We even know that the menorah, the window in the, by the menorah was backwards. The way, if you wanted to set the light of the menorah uh, out to the world, it, the window should have been shaped the other way. But the idea is that this was the concentration of light, and from there it would illuminate the whole world. And what's, what, what in time, what do we have this in time? Where do we have this light that comes into our lives in time? The Shabbos Kodesh Bishana. You have Shabbos. Shabbos is that light, uh, is that, is that light that comes into time, right? We discussed a little bit last week the idea that Shabbos Shabbos is is that uh, is that recognition of Hashem. Whatever I'm doing, I stop. Shabbos is Shabbos is the time that I, I stop whatever it is I'm doing, and I recognize that it's just me and Hashem. I'm not cooking. I'm not cleaning. I'm not doing anything else that I normally do during the other days of the week. Shabbos Shabbos and Kodesh Hashem. It's it's Kodesh. It's that's the holiness. Hashem Shehi Machnisa Kedusha Benishma Yisrael. It instills Kedusha holiness into the souls of the Jewish people. No matter what kind of a low. Uh, place a Jew finds himself in. Kamaimer Chazal, this is a, the famous Gemara, Shabbos Dav Kuf Yud Ches, that's been quoted, it's quoted all the time, and many explanations have been given for it, but Kala Shomer Shabbos Kilchasa, whoever keeps Shabbos, Afilu Oivet Avoy Dezara, even if he served Avoy Dezara Kedar Enosh, the Dar of Enosh was shortly before Noach, they were very, very bad uh, idol worshippers, and 
even if a person served the uh, served Avodah like the, that generation, he's forgiven. And everybody asks on this Gemara, well, how is that possible? A guy could spend his whole life serving Avodah and yet he keeps Shabbos properly because one of the explanations is given, and that's part of what he's saying here, is to truly keep Shabbos, to truly recognize Shabbos, is the opposite of Avodah You're showing that you don't really believe in the Avodah You're showing that that's not how you want to live because Shabbos, right, if you didn't believe in Hashem, Shabbos makes no sense. I got something going on in the office, but now it's 4.15 on a, on, a, on a Friday afternoon in December, and I shut off my phone. My whole business could blow up over the next 25 hours, and I'm not doing anything about it. Right? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Only because I believe in Hashem that I'll accept it. Hashabbos Kodesh, he is damnus Yehudi. This is the invitation. It's the opportunity to it for every Jew. To return to his place. Right? Shabbos is a reset button. We all, we all know that even if we don't experience Shabbos the proper way, but Shabbos is a reset button. It's a way to, to collect our thoughts. It's a way to stop, get off the treadmill for, for, for a day. shiflus in the, in the pinnacle of this lowliness. Shabbos is sort of that raft, that life raft that we can grab onto. Uva nefesh kayachatayra. And what's in the nefesh, in the person, right? So we said places the base. I mean, there's time is Shabbos. In the person, it's Torah. Learning Torah, connecting the Torah. Hashem, who is the giver of the Torah, He gives to to a Jew the power of Torah. That through it, that's our way to connect to Hashem. Our way of connecting to Hashem, our way of hearing from Hashem, our way of speaking to Hashem is through Torah. Even if he finds himself in materialism and very dark uh, inclinations, but Torah is a way for him to connect to that. Kamayma Chazal, the Gemara in Kedushin tells us, Barasi Yetzirah, Barasi Tavlin. I created the Yetzirah, the Yetzirah is the, the, the power in the world that is trying to get us to do the wrong thing. And the Gemara says, and what's the antidote? Torah. The more a person connects to Torah in a deep way, the more he's able to withstand and fight the Yetzirah. The power of Torah purifies and cleanses the souls of the Jewish people. And what's the, what's the principle here? And this is a general rule that Chazal tell us. That Hashem doesn't challenge us in ways that we are not capable of overcoming. They may be very difficult challenges sometimes, which means that if HaKadosh Baruch Hu put us into a world that has all of these challenges, difficult to stay from, difficult to keep, to keep Shabbos, all these, all these difficult things in this world, He must have given us some tools with which to, with which to navigate it. If we were thrown into the world of free will, of the world of choice, a world filled with challenges and Illicit desires, base urges. So Hashem had to give us these three powers that a Jew can can uh, can draw from, that a person can draw from to be able to fight these things. You can't send somebody into battle and not give him a weapon. It's not. It doesn't. It's not going to work. What's he supposed to do? So Hashem gave us these things that we can draw from. It says that in all of these, you see that every, all of these are structured based on threes. You have, in each of these things, and he's going to explain now, you have a lower level, a, a, a better level, and then you have a, 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 an elevated level. And we'll see what that is. Alderach Kremas Adams. He says, on, it's in the simplest way, you have the, 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 the build of a person. And we're not talking about the physical build going feet up to the head. We're talking about Shiesh Batachtiyam Shnim You have these three different levels, which are, and this comes up, 
also repeatedly in in in, in Sifrei Kodesh and Chasidus that have hevarim mid madur hataiva. Right, we have the limbs, which is the seat of taiva, meaning they're the ones that carry out when a person wants to do something wrong. You need arms, legs. You need a mouth. You need ears. Whatever we do, any avera that we do has to come through the external limbs of the of the person's body. But we understand. That, 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 they, uh, that they're not the ones making the choice, right? It's not, your hand may hit somebody, which you're not supposed to do, it's an Avera. It did, the hand didn't decide to go out and hit somebody. It's carrying through, which, uh, what? Haleva hamayach, the heart and the mind. The heart and the mind is where, that's always what Chazal talk about, the heart and the mind. The, 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 the mind is the seat of rational decisions, and the heart is, this, is the seat of emotional decisions, even if biologically that's not, really correct, everything's really in the brain, but that's how, that's the imagery that's used. That the brain is what tells us, I know this is, right, let's, just, let's think, I used this example I think last week also about a diet, right? So a person knows, he doctor tells him he's gotta be on a diet, your cholesterol's too high or whatever. I know you don't like diet examples, but, but diet examples are very safe, right? We don't wanna pick it like, so everybody could relate to it on some level and it, and, and, and it works, the, the muscle works. So the doctors tell him, you gotta, you gotta cut out uh, whatever the foods that you need to cut out. So he decides, no problem, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go on a strict diet, I'm gonna be good, right? So that's a decision he makes in his brain, he knows. He takes in the information, he knows that this is bad for me, that piece of cake, I should not eat that piece of cake. So he makes a rational decision, right? Then what happens is the heart has some different ideas. The heart says, yeah, but I really like chocolate cake and I really want to eat that piece of chocolate cake, right? So now there's a little bit of a battle between the heart and the mind. And ultimately the hand and the mouth are the ones who commit the sin, right? The hand reaches out for the cake and the mouth takes the bite, right? But the hand and the mouth are not making that decision. That decision is made in the heart and the mind. So you have the three levels. So now ideally, if we could live that way, we're not created that way, but if we could live that way, we, are, we always follow exactly the rational decision in every single situation. We would avoid a lot of problems. Life would probably also be somewhat boring, but we would avoid all the things that are bad for us, whether it's physically or spiritually. We'd always make the right decisions. We'd think it through. We'd have uh, pros and cons lists, and we'd make a rational decision. In every, but that's not, how, that's not how we do it, right? We, the other parts get involved as well. So... But when you think about when you think about the structure of a person, so the external limbs that actually commit the sin, the hand and the mouth, those are the lowest because they're not really part of the decision-making process. Then you have the heart, which is much more sophisticated and it's on a higher level, and then you have the mind, which is which is really sophisticated and which is making the more the more rational decisions. That if a person wants to lift himself up. You need to get all three involved, right? The other example you could use, let's say even where the avarm, when a person is lazy, he could be lying in bed and he could be saying, I know I should get up. And my heart even wants to get up. I want to go do this thing, right? You could, you could have a fun day planned and your mind says it's time to get out of bed and your heart says, I want to go have a good time. And the rest of the body says, I'm nothing doing. I'm, I'm not getting out of bed today, right? So it, it does play a role, but clearly the higher you go, the, the bigger the role that gets played. So he says, so that's in, 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 in a human being. You have these three levels. Where are the three levels in the Beis HaMikdash? The Beis HaMikdash, Hazara Vahechal. You have the courtyard. If you know the structure of the Beis HaMikdash, I'm sure everybody's seen the pictures or some of the models. You have the Azara, where there was a lot of things that were happening. That's the big courtyard, the big courtyard around the Beis HaMikdash. Then you have the actual structure of the Beis HaMikdash, which was split. The larger room was the Hechal. 
right, where that's where you had the menorah and the shulchan and the small mizbeach. And then you have the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which only has the Aron, which only the Kohen Gadol would go into on Yom Kippur. That's the whole, that's the highest, right? So, that was where the Aron and the Edus was. The Kruvim, the Gemara in Yuma tells us, the Gemara in Yuma Nundalid tells us that when the Jewish people, when, when Hashem was happy with the Jewish people, when things were going well, so the Kruvim were hugging each other. And when we weren't doing so well with Hashem, they would face away from each other. Except right before the base of destruction, the base of English, they were hugging each other fine. But that's, that's a different topic. Um, but the, the idea there is, you see that in this most intimate of place, we know that the Chazal even tell us that the Kodesh HaKadoshim, nothing, none of the measurements added up. The Arun was bigger than the Kodesh HaKadoshim, yet somehow fit inside. Because at that, that place, which is the ultimate place, like the rules don't, don't apply. That's that, and that's where Hashem chose to show us that He loves us, with the Kruvim embracing each other. Okay, so that's the three levels by the Beis HaMikdash. Um, Okay. That's how much that shows how much Hashem loves the Jewish people. And on Shabbos, you also have three phases of Shabbos. But Shabbos Kodesh, Lel Shabbos Kodesh, you have Friday night. V'yoyim HaShabbos, you have Shabbos day. And you have Achach Shal Now, in America, Shal sort of got the short shrift in, in most communities. But Shal especially by the Chassidim, it's Rav the Rav, and it's considered the highest moment of the week. Shal those last few minutes of Shabbos, is, is the highest uh, minutes of the week. It's a time of tremendous Eis Ratzin. It's a time of goodwill from Hashem towards us. Bechinas Kodesh Kedoshim. Sha'azhu Kiyadua Hayichur HaGomor Shal Yisrael. That is... That represents the unity. That's the embrace of Hashem and the Jewish people. Right? So, so you have this happening in the brain. You have this happening in the Kodesh HaKadoshim by the Kruvim. And you have this happening in Shalashudis. We have this by Torah also. Now there's a lot of threes in Torah that he could have chosen. But he likes to talk from Derech What can I do? How do I improve myself? So that's what he's referring to here. He says, yeah, again, Yesh There's lower levels. Shniim, second, and Shlishim. Reishis Havoideh and I, I pointed out, I was learning with Adam on, 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 on Shabbos about this, that in many, many places, the Nesiva Shalom know, is known to say that nowadays we have to say, we, we, the Sumeira is too hard, we have to start with the Asay Taif. You have to start with doing it. But in building the structure of a person's Avodah Hashem, the proper way to go about it, he says that because it's just not always doable. To, 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 to wait until I stop doing anything wrong before I start doing good is not practical. But in just in Derech Avodah, the right way for a person to build himself is first stop doing anything wrong. Stop doing any Averis. Stop... Stop doing negative things. Is to stop doing bad things. Stop the bad acts. Right? To uproot that, uh, to play on a Pasuk, right? That uproot the rotted out uh, parts that are inside of him. Hashem says, I created man evil from, from, from his youth. And then we should do good. Until we go to these even a higher level. So you have the, the level three is stop doing the bad things. Level two is do good things. Do good things. And then what's the higher level? Right? You could have a person who does good things, but he's not necessarily a goy kaddish, somebody who's, who exudes holiness is fully holy. So I avoid doing the wrong things. I do the right things, but I don't, I'm not necessarily a person who lives for this and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm 
completely holy. This level of Kodesh Kedoshim, So how do you define this? This is somebody who everything he does is L'Shem Shemaim, which again, we spoke about a little bit last week, that everything he does is driven by, will this make Hashem happy or will this not, not make Hashem happy? He doesn't care about his own desires or wants at all. They don't come into the equation. That's a person who's on the highest level. He's not just avoiding bad and doing good. He's living for what will make Hashem happy at every, at every moment. In all of your ways, you should know Hashem. So he says now, what's the parsha called? The parsha is called Truma. The beginning of the parsha says, Truma, you should take for me a Truma. And again, all of the Mepharshim ask, it should say, Truma, you should give me a Truma. You don't, if I ask you to give me something, I don't say take for me I say, give to me, right? So Hashem is asking the Jewish people to give. What's vayikuli? So, so there's again many, many pshatim. It's very, very much discussed. But he says here, It says every person, every man, uh, every person. That his heart is generous. His heart is inspired to give. You should take a truma. truma. So you should take my truma. This is a reference to a higher level. A higher level than this structure that he even just said to us. Why? So what's going to bother, what bothering the Rebbe now, the Nesiva Shalom, what he wants to explain now is, it's very nice that, okay, you told me I have Beis Hamikdash, you told me I have Shabbos, you told me I have Torah. But what do I do living now in 2024? We don't have a Beis Hamikdash. Okay, so that one's out. I, have no, I can't get the light, right? We said that the light comes down through these three things, that are built on threes, and that's how I fight the world of darkness. But we don't have a base of Mignesh. Shabbos, I, I don't know, does my Shabbos really look like it's supposed to look? Do I know how to relate to Shabbos the way it should, and it would bring light into my life? I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but a show of hands, but uh, most of us would admit that most of our Shabbosim don't live up to that level. And Torah, do we learn Torah the way we're supposed to learn Torah? That we go through this Sormira, say Toiv, and come to this level of, of serving Hashem. So what are we supposed to do? And we, we, we're, let's say we're incapable or it's just too monumentous for us to take this on. How are we supposed to fight the world of darkness? Hashem gave us these three tools and they're there for us, but we're not using them. So what do we do? So he says, there's a famous idea from the Baal Shem Tev So the Baal Shem Tev used to say, I'll just say it outside and then we'll read the words, but the Baal Shem Tev used to say that when a person, you know, there's, there's a, you ever have, everybody's had this. I'm not going to ask for examples. I'll just use an example. But you have a person, let's say, who, who, who he, by nature, he has, a, let's say, a very bad temper, right? And he has a friend who nothing bothers the guy. Everything rolls off of him. He doesn't get upset. Now, this guy with the temper, he's trying. He's working on himself. He's reading all the books about temper. He goes to a therapist. He's working on himself. He's learning. He's davening. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. But the bottom line is his nature, and he fights with this nature all the time. And when he sees his friend and something happens with his friend that would send him through the roof, he, he, he's so jealous of his friend. How are you just sitting there and it just doesn't bother you? It just rolls right off of you. And by the way, this is true for every me, the different people. So he says, so the person by nature says, this, it's not fair. It's not fair. I have such a challenge in this area. And my buddy was born like this from day one. He never loses it. He just, or it could be, pick any other thing that a person is, it deals with, right? So for one person, it could be Kass, and he's jealous of the guy who's very calm. Meantime, that calm guy is sitting there saying, you know, my friend, true, he has a big temper. But every time we show up to Davin, he's so excited to Davin. And I, I 
you know, I'm, I'm dispassionate about my temper and I'm dispassionate about davening and learning, right? I'm so jealous, I wish I had his excitement. And I would put up with the temper to have that excitement, right? From any human being on the planet's perspective, there are some things that come to you a little bit more easy. Now, I'm not saying anything is easy, but there are certain things, there are certain midos that come to each person a little bit more easily. And there are certain ones that are our challenges. And the same, th- the same is true with certain averas and certain things. There are some things that I may find to be so challenging and to you, they're not a, they're not a challenge. But then there will be other averas that for you are a challenge and for me are not a challenge, right? That's, that's human nature. We're, we're very complex individuals. Everybody has their areas of challenge. Says the Baal Shem Tov about those areas of challenge. Don't think that those challenges are something that I wish I could, I wish, I could wish away. He says, you were put here because of those things. If you're the guy who has the terrible temper and you decide every year of Shoshan and Yom Kippur that, you know what, this year I'm going to work on not being jealous. So your friend overhears this and he goes, yeah, but you're never jealous. Jealousy is not your challenge. Your challenge is your temper. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm going to work on jealousy. So that's not your purpose in this world. You weren't put here to work on jealousy. The proof of that is, it's not a challenge for you. You were put here for where it's hardest, for the things you love most, the things that are hardest for you to give up. Those are the things we were put here for. Which, which uh, I believe it's from the Eish Kaidish, he talks about this, that like, you don't, we always seem to think like, you know, I davened well today, despite the fact that I was lazy and didn't want to get out of bed. You know, the, the, the real answer is, because I was lazy and didn't want to get out of bed, that's why my davening was so good today. Because I overcame that, because I fought that, that's why my davening was so, was so meaningful. Otherwise, it's not... It, so he says, the Baal Shem Tov used to say, that you want to know what you can give Hashem, the thing that's hardest for you to give. That's the thing, that, and it doesn't, we're not talking about material, you know, writing a check. We're talking about the part of you that's hardest to work on, the part of, the, the, the Avera that's hardest for you to give up. That's the thing that you can give to Hashem. So now re- re- let's read the words of the Baal Shem Tov. This that a person wants to give something from his heart. The thing that's hardest for you to give up. The thing that, you're, that you feel like it's who you are. I, this, I, I, this is who I am. I can't, I can't give this up. The very purpose that a person comes down into this world, he is to correct his neshama. We all know that. We all know that we're here to work on ourselves. Right? We're here to work on our neshamas. Everybody has their own unique, and by the way, unique, we're using very simple examples. By every single person, it's obviously much more complex. It's a few percent temper, it's a few percent jealousy. It's not just one, but... We know those things that trigger us. Those are the areas. Those are the areas that we have to work on. He has to fix those. And that's where the Yetzirah fights him so hard. Why? Because the Yetzirah's job, we, I came down here to fix X, whatever my, whatever my X. The Yetzirah, he'll let me work on everything else. The rest of the alphabet, the Yetzirah says, yeah, that's why I don't have the challenge in it. Because he doesn't care if I do those things. That's not what I'm here for. His job is to prevent me from doing what I'm here for. Right? So if I came down, we'll use the simple examples again. If I came down to fix Kas, the Yetzirah says to me, yeah, you should go to Shirim on jealousy. You should go to Shirim on covered. You should go, all the other Shirim, he encourages you, comes very from. Let's go to Shirim, I'll go with you. Anything but don't work on Kas, right? Because he knows 
That, that's why it's the hardest for you, because that's what you're here for, and that's what he's trying to prevent you from doing. Therefore, Hashem says, take the truma, you're taking it from inside of yourself, the truma. The thing that's hardest for you, that your heart wants so much, that give to Hashem Yisbarach. I'm going to work on the thing that's hardest for me to work on. That's the thing I'm going to work on. Right. And based on this, that's what it means. The first pasuk we started with was What does it mean to make a migdash for Hashem in your heart? In that area where you can build. In the things that are not challenging for you, you can't build a Migdash for Hashem. You don't have the ability to build a Migdash in, in those things. Shagam le'es cheshkas, that even in the darkest times, kasha beis ha-Migdash b'churbanai, when the beis ha-Migdash is destroyed, v'yehudi enem margish ha-ares v'kdushas ha-Shabbos v'kach ha-Tayra. And we're not keeping, we're not experiencing Shabbos the way we should, and we're not learning Tayra the way we should. But we're not lost. We still have, this is like the, this is like the, the you know, the ace up the sleeve. Sorry to borrow, borrow a poker metaphor, but right, this is the ace. When nothing else is working, of course we should work on Shabbos. And we probably all do have Shabbosim that give us that light. And there are times that we learn and we do have that light. And there are times maybe on a Tisha B'Av that I cry over the base of English and I connect to that light even though it hasn't been here for 2,000 years. But it's not, I can't always tap into that. This I can always tap into. Because any time, anywhere you are, you tell Hashem, I, I, I want, I'm going to work, I'm going to double down my efforts on this, in this area. And we know, if we sit down and we're honest, for, it doesn't take a lot of time. People, you're aware, it may not just be one thing, but we know where, you know, it's costing, right? When, sometimes it's just easy to write a check, right? But the guy's really asking you to get out of bed in the middle of the night to pick him up from the airport. And you're like, I just want to send an Uber, which sometimes is okay. I'm not saying you have to get out of bed every time somebody calls. But there's a time where the guy's having, your friend is having a really bad time and they just flew in and the flight was delayed. And what he needs is not the ride. He needs to see that somebody cared about him and showed up to the airport. I'm just using, again, silly examples. But the, the thing that's hard, even though what's the difference? I paid for his Uber, so he got here, this, he got here, he got here faster because he would have to wait for me to get to the airport, right? We make all these cheshbonas, right? But you know deep down that that's not the point. The point is he needed to see Rabbi Zakatinsky waiting at Kennedy when he came back after learning for a couple of years in Israel and he was terrified. I know there's the campaign going on, so I'm doing a little plug. This was our first video. We, this was the whole, right? We just said that. That one, yeah. So that... That kid, it's not how he's going to get home from the airport. It's that there's somebody who cared about me to show up at the airport, right? But that's sometimes much harder. It's much harder than to just put it on my Uber account, right? And that's why it says, so shall you do for generations. They only built the Mishkan once or twice, four times. What does it mean, you're going to make it, you're going to constantly do this. Moshe Rabbeinu built the Mishkan. The next generation didn't have to build a Mishkan. So what does it mean you're going to do for Doris? Bedoris hachashuchim. It's talking about our generation, the dark generations. Be'es si hacheshkos, that the pinnacle of darkness, yesh derech shal ashi We always have this opportunity of doing ashi yidben oliboy. Sheyorim truma l'ashem, that we can give a truma to Hashem, es hadover shaliba misavol of b'yoyse. The thing that, that, now for some people it is a check, by the way. There's some people who cannot part with their money. It doesn't matter percentages, it doesn't matter how much they make, it doesn't matter how much you're asking for. Some people have a very hard time parting with their money. So for that person, maybe it is writing a check, 
right? But each person has to be true to himself. That's how you make a mishkan and a migdash. Right? That's what he referred to the base of the migdash. This point, the uh, nucleus of creation. And then a person could renew. A person could renew himself. Right? One of the things, we're not in those parshas now, but one of the things that always disturbs us is when it says that Rivka loved Yaakov and Yitzchak loved Esav. Yitzchak was a bright man. Yitzchak was a very, very bright man. Right? He would have scored off the charts on any IQ test that they could have come up with for him. He was a very bright man. So Esav fooled him, right? We know all the Chazals. Esav tricked him. He was asking Shilas about salt. There's got to be more to it. Yitzchak was, was not, Yitzchak, you didn't trick Yitzchak, right? Yitzchak, we don't hear that Yitzchak was a victim to Ponzi schemes, right? Yitzchak, he was a, he was a, he was a smart man. So what does it mean that he loved Esav more than Yaakov? So it says there, You know what Yitzchak saw? Yitzchak saw this Esav has tremendous Yitzharas. Yaakov didn't have the same Yitzharas as Esav. Esav had every Yitzhar in the world to, 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 a, to an extreme level. Yitzchak was, was a man filled with Yitzharas. Says Yitzchak, if this guy has such big Yitzharas, imagine the potential for Kedusha that he has. He could be the greatest person to ever live. If he has that strong of Yitzhara, imagine what the side of good could be in, in him. If he would elevate this to Hashem Yitzchak, he would even be greater than Yaakov. And we can never say such a thing, but Chazal say it. It's not, even the Nesiv Shalom didn't make this up. Chazal say this. V'savar Yitzchak shavadosah hi l'halois esiha rasha b'yel Hashem Yitzchak. Yitzchak saw that this was his purpose, to take this, my son, who has so much potential, could be the greatest tzaddik that ever lived. I have to cultivate that. Okay, Esav wasn't interested, but Yitzchak, Yitzchak was ready to guide Esav to that. And it was possible. Esav could have had that option to do that. He would be on the highest level. Says the Rebbe, this is why a Jew comes down to Olam Hazeh. To make this base of Mikdash. Just a few more lines. In opposition, by contrast to all of the evil that we feel like we have in us and all the rotted roots that we have inside of us, we could do this for generations. We could elevate all of those negative things that we have inside of us that make us crazy. We can elevate those to Hashem. We said before, Hashem does not give us a challenge that we're not capable. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But he does not test us in a way that we're not capable of overcoming. If he gave us certain negative inclinations... He also gave us the tools and the abilities to bring it all the way up to Hashem. That we can we can illuminate the world through that. That's why it says we know the famous vart. We say in Shema three times, twice a day in davening, once a day before we go to sleep. We have to love Hashem with all your hearts. What do you mean hearts? I only, everybody only has one heart. I know tomorrow's Valentine's Day, I think, right? So it's, is it tomorrow? Is it next Tuesday? A oh, Wednesday. Okay. I hope my wife buys me something nice. Bishnei Yitzirecha. With both of your Yitzes. What do you mean two hearts? So it means with both of your Yitzes. What Yitzes? We have two Yitzes. We have Yitzes Toiv, Yitzes Hara. 
we have a, a evil inclination and a, and, a, and a good inclination. Now, we know how we can serve Hashem with our good inclination, right? That's the voice that's telling us, get out of bed, go to Davin. Get out of bed, go to Shear, right? That's that voice. But how do we do with the Yitzhahara? So he says, Inyan v'yahavta b'yitzhahara. What does it mean to love Hashem with the Yitzhahara? Hushes kol koiches harahanim tzom b'kirba yal Elevating all these things to Hashem. She'oz si hara gufay mishapach liyaz hamakam hamakudosh b'yoyseh. That place, the very place inside of you that, that, that the, 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 the worst taivas that you had lived has the potential to become, that's the exact spot that Hashem wants to rest. That's where He wants to rest. That's where he wants to make his Migdash. That's where he wants to put the Shekhinah. Hashem wants to be in every one of us. And we said about Shabbos that even if somebody served like the Dar of Enosh, if he keeps Shabbos, the slate is wiped clean. He can go back to his original place. As if all that Avodah Zarah never happened. By working on the area that you find most challenging, that's also, that's also uh, a way to do this. Even being at the pinnacle of, of, of degradation. Within the great, and this is a line that everybody should have over their computer, that Hashem has put tremendous pow, uh, strength in every single Jew. He doesn't say, like, Rav Yehudim. He doesn't... Every single Jew has untapped amazing power to, to, to create a place for Hashem to, to dwell, and that's where Hashem wants to dwell. We should be zoichah that every single person is able to find that place for HaKadosh Baruch and to work on it and to let Hashem into him, that he could build a Migdash, and with that we'll bring about, Hashem, the building of the, of the Beis HaMikdash, the physical Beis HaMikdash Yerushalayim, and we can all go up there and together, you know, you're already on your way, taking your first steps, but... Uh, but uh, we should all join you in Mitzvah Hashem.